Hi, everyone. Welcome to the SACSA podcast, the first five years. My name is Agassi Rodriguez, and I serve as the Assistant Director of Student Involvement and Leadership at Clemson University, where I work with our student organizations and clubs. Hi, everyone. My name is Erica Aguiar here at the University of Florida, where I work with our Match in Florida Opportunity Scholars Program. It's a program that supports low-income undergraduate students who are the first in their families to attend college. Whew, what a mouthful. It's a lot to say. So we're super excited to bring you episode number two, but what I'm most excited for and a little nervous is that this week Agassi has tasked me with slipping the word abracadabra into the episode. That's a hard one, friends. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to see how you're going to integrate that one in. We'll see. We'll see how organic it feels. Welcome to the new pod on the block, the first five years. This podcast, some of you may have tuned in for our first episode, really just here to help kind of explain, provide advice, provide banter about what it means to be a new professional. And that is a lot of things. So you might be an undergrad who's exploring student affairs for the first time. You might be that grad student who just finished Viz Days. Um, both Clemson and Uni- the University of Florida have just finished theirs, so might be pretty fresh for some of you. Or you might be, you know, that third or fourth year new professional, kind of encompassing all of those um, humans and all those pieces. Absolutely. We hope to bring you some timely information based off of the time of the year, um, and we hope that we can do it in a fun way because, not to brag, but I think we're pretty fun people. Uh, yeah. We'll be providing a public voice for graduate students and new professionals, um, as Erica just said. Um, and then along the way, again, we'll be taking into consideration some of the things to look out for as a new professional, as you integrate into the new professional life. Um, and not to brag, and I'm going to take just a quick second here, but not only are you hearing from Erica and I, but you are hearing from Erica Aguiar, the outstanding new professional at the University of Florida who just won an award, and I just wanted to brag for just a second because that's my best friend. Go best friend. I wish you all could see my face. I think I'm beat red at this point. Thank you so much. We don't do this work for awards, um, but as a first-gen college graduate who has layers of imposter syndrome, it's really nice to be recognized um, for the work that I do from colleagues. So thanks, Agassi, because I definitely would not have mentioned it. He's clapping on the FaceTime if you wanted to know. <laughs> See those visuals. <laughs> um, so what are we talking about today, Agassi? So today we're going to get into some thank you notes, or as we like to say, thank you next. So we're going to be taking some time to talk about thank you notes and kind of a little bit more broadly um, showing gratitude for the folks we work with and the folks we work for. Um, and how you can integrate some, um, some kind of uh, gratitude measures into the things that we do um, as professionals. And I don't know about you, Agassi, but this feels like one of those things that you know you're supposed to do, but the decorum around it or even what is the appropriate amount of time or what do I write in this is so confusing at times. So we're super excited to actually like spend some time talking about this. Um, for those of you who are, again, in these processes, just to make it kind of clear, and again, you know, this is a topic that a lot of people can take a lot of different ways, so we're definitely not going to say this is the only way, but I'm excited to be able to dedicate a whole episode talking about gratitude because I love it. I love telling people thank you. I love positive affirmations, all of those things. Absolutely, and today we have a very special guest with us. Yes, we um, do. We are today on the pod. We are excited to bring our producer and my supervisor, Mr. Miles Surrett. Uh, Miles is the Associate Director for Student Involvement and Leadership at Clemson University. Uh, Miles received his bachelor's degree from Furman University here in South Carolina and his master's degree from George Washington University. 
He is currently a doctoral student in educational leadership at Clemson University because the work don't stop. And Miles is joining us today because, quote, he loves notes. So please welcome Miles Soret. Hi, Miles. I do love notes. I really do. <laughs> I really do. I thought the call dropped. I was really scared for a second. I was like, well, <laughs> round two. <laughs> well, and we're done. Um, so, Miles. You know, thank you, right, for being on the podcast, but I'm pissed. Um, so I have a question for you, and that is, can you tell me the best thing you've eaten this week? I really uh, mentally did not uh, prepare for this, um, but I think it's time for me to publicly admit that um, there is um, homemade ice cream at Clemson, and uh, our students make it every Wednesday. It's part of the dairy science program, and uh, then it's sold in a, in a retail establishment. And uh, I think it's time for me to publicly admit that I've had that um, the last two days in a row. So um, I think that's probably the best thing that I've eaten this week. And it was just as good the second time as it was the first time. I would hope. What? I just want to be petty for quite a quite a hot second here we'll because let you I was it. not invited to the first <laughs> ice cream outing that happened on Monday that I just happened to bump into. So I just want to publicly note that. Carry on. Were you invited to the second? I was. I was. I was. Okay. Are you... That's Erica's nice way of saying, don't be mad. A little bit. Miles, what flavor did you get? Because this really determines a lot. Um, I think that's also a window into my soul. So I did uh, get it the last two days, and I got the same thing both times. Um, and uh, both times I got, well, honestly, my two favorite flavors, which they only had on a limited basis, are both gone. But they have a standing custom flavor called Golden Tiger. Um, so I got that both times, and I also got, uh, cookies and cream, um, which is just mm. always a good choice. Cookies and cream, I believe, is the only choice, but this golden tiger might also be good. As someone nice who also had both. the golden tiger, it was very delicious. So it sounds like I'm taking a trip to Clemson soon. All right. Agassi, anything good have you eaten? Best thing I've eaten today. So, uh, not today, wow, whoops, this week. Uh, so I had, yesterday we actually went out to dinner to interact with a candidate who was interviewing for a role here in our office, and I got a gorgonzola penne pasta, and let me tell you, I used to not be a fan of the blue cheeses, but I'm a fan of the blue cheeses. It was so good. I even got some leftovers, and I'm sad to say it was probably like four penne pastas altogether that I took for leftovers, but I'm going to savor every penne I can. Every penne you can. I love it. Um, I'm going to go a little bit opposite. I got a really good salad recently, but hear me out. Ooh, hear me out. Yes. I, um, so I have season tickets um, to the Performing Arts Center in Tampa, so I got to see the seminal Broadway classic Mean Girls, uh, but I digress. And I went to lunch with my sister-in-law beforehand, and I got this salad, and it was a bacon salad with turkey. But I couldn't believe that they could call this a salad because it was just strips of bacon and then two giant slices of cheese bread. And I ate the whole thing, and I told myself I ate healthy that day. <laughs> literally just, like, layers of bacon, and not just, like, literally slices. Um, but it was good. So not that healthy. Um, thank you all. I'm, I didn't have a great lunch today, so I needed to be fulfilled in that way. So I appreciate it. We love a good salad. We do love a good salad. <laughs> Ew, salad. So we're going to go ahead and transition to our rapid-fire section. Um, of course, as you all know, we have a few questions. We're each going to ask each other one question, and we're just going to kind of shoot them out. 
the questions can range from anywhere all the way from super goofy to potentially a little serious. So who's to know what we're going to ask? But let's find out. So my question to Miles is, Miles, as someone who quite thoroughly enjoys some good hummus, um, especially at lunchtime here in the office, what flavor of hummus would you, de would you say best describes you? Oh, um, I think I have a real preference for, like, I try all the flavors, and I like to think I'm going <laughs> to like all of them, but I'm really, I always go back to original. That's really my, that's really my move. Like, I, uh, as Agassiz would be happy to tell you about, I'm sure, I really love peppers, so I would think that roasted red pepper would really do it for me, but it, it rarely good. does. But original hummus is definitely, is definitely the, uh, the move for me. Classic. You can't mess with a good thing, right? Yeah. If Miles had an action figure designed after him, it would have a bell pepper and a can of hummus. <laughs> On brand. Sometimes a whole bell pepper. Um, I, only cut, I only cut them for other people. I, I would eat them as an apple and be perfectly happy with it. So. Oh, okay. Just, just straight up biting into it. That's, that's one way to do it. Uh, you know, we're, we're all subject to socialization in some ways, and I just happen to cut up my peppers for other people's, uh, for other people's. <laughs> my peppers. Yeah. <laughs> Miles out here destroying the patriarchy, one bell pepper at a time. <laughs> Good job, Miles. We're proud. Thank you both. All right, Eric, I have a question for you. Yes. What is your karaoke song? Ooh. Ooh, what a good question. I actually just thought about it. So if I am feeling soulful and I'm feeling like I have a lot to get out and put on the table, I actually think it's Hello by Adele. If I just Now, I want to be very direct. I have no pitch. I can't sing. The karaoke bar will, like, people will leave. If I want to do something, like, fun and boppy, this is a little embarrassing. I'm going to do Take On Me by AHA. Oh, one of my favorite. That was not expected. <laughs> I actually have a little choreographed dance to it. I don't do that when I'm karaoke, but most people don't actually know the lyrics, so I'm really excited because I do, and I can actually like say you know perform it as it was meant to be performed, not in my voice though, because the person who sings it can actually hit it. So that's my those are my two. I'm gonna lock that in. Take on me in the style of Eric Aguiar. I love that. <laughs> Glass will be something to look forward to when you. I have something to look forward to when you come to Clemson for ice cream. Yeah. And me. Or at NASPA. We'll have to find a karaoke place at Austin. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Boom. <laughs> so I'm going to take it a little simpler. These are, these are really challenging questions. Um, just because, Agassi, you are a media person. You, this is going to sound bad. You love to consume media in, in certain ways. So... <laughs> No shade. Um, is there anything really good that you're currently watching or reading that you've been like, this is my jam? Okay. So I, I've not stopped talking about this documentary that I just saw on Netflix. I've been telling everyone in the office about it because it was just so interesting. But hashtag cats the movie on Netflix, bomb. <laughs> the fact that there's this entire industry built on cat influencers and people literally showcasing their cats on Instagram and social media and the merchandise. I could not believe it. And also, I definitely followed at least five of the cats that mentioned in the documentary. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Princess Cheeto. I love you. You're great. Keep doing what you're doing, girl. You're rocking it. But that's the <laughs> I would, 
I have to say that was one of those movies that Carter, my partner, put on while I was working on some other stuff, and I quickly transitioned over the couch to keep watching. I was like, this is too good. But if you're really interested in learning about how cats took over the Internet and how it's a multi-million dollar industry, check out Netflix, hashtag cats, the movie. And we love a good pun, don't we? There it is. Agassi does love a good so pun. <laughs> Miles, do you, do you follow cats on Instagram? Am I the only one who's not doing this? I'm confused. No, I don't follow cats on Instagram. Okay. I, but I don't, I don't have like fun Instagram habits at all. Um, okay. My partner, on the other hand, uh, they have a really fascinating set of Instagram habits that I could talk about for a long time, maybe for you know some sort of future public outlet. Uh, but no, I, I really just follow, um, really just follow the people that I know and uh, some sports, so stuff. That was miles is bigger. Honestly, Miles is just bigger on Twitter. Miles, that's really, I think, where Miles finds home is on Twitter. If y'all haven't been to his page, please check it out. He's a watermelon, <laughs> watermelon shake evangelist. Um, if you've not had the watermelon shake from Cookout, it is only available over the summer. And if you follow Miles, he will remind you that it's coming, it's here, and that it's close to ending. <laughs> He's really good. <laughs> and we will make sure to share Miles. Miles's Twitter handle at the end so you can also be reminded of the watermelon shakes. <laughs> Which I keep thinking, it makes me think of the Harlem shake, but anyway. Sorry. No, it's even better. <laughs> okay, Erica, my question to you, if you had to be trapped in a TV show, which TV show would you be trapped in? Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I knew it! <laughs> So if anyone's never seen it, it was it's on the CW. It's no longer on. It's a show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's very, very satirical, um, and it stars this woman who's a high-powered lawyer, went to Harvard and Yale, and runs into an ex-boyfriend from her, like, middle school days and decides to move to West Covina, California to be with him, but he has another partner, and so it's just these crazy adventures. But it also talks really realistically about mental health and um, – um, just like topics that come up in relationships that I think they do it in a funny, very honest way, but it's also a musical. So it's fantastic. I, yeah, I would be in it every day of my life if I could. I'm not surprised that you knew that that would be my answer, though. <laughs> I, I, that's exactly, as I was thinking about this, like, I, I feel like what she's going to pick. The sexy getting ready song, bop. It's a bop. It would be that or Criminal <laughs> Minds, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> very, very different shows. All right. Miles, I'm going to have to come up with better questions, but for now, this is what I'll ask because you all are so creative. Can you tell me what your perfect morning would be? Oh. Uh, you know, um, I have what my morning looks like now, and that provides satisfaction and fulfillment, uh, which is making a very – which is waking up very early with my children and um, sometimes getting yelled at at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, and that, and that is fulfilling in, in a, a way that I never expected in life. Um, my, so I said that, and then my perfect morning would be not all of that, um, but maybe waking up on my own time and then going on a run. And that's what I would, that's what I would really like to do. Um, I think I would eat a bowl of um, uh, Quaker Life cereal. I think that that's what I would do. Um, and then go on a run. I think, that's, I, think that would be, I think that would be my perfect morning. 
Um, I would like to like go to some sort of brunch afterwards with my partner. I don't know how far this goes, but uh, into the day. But I would like to do that as well. Um, at that brunch, I would like to definitely not have my children there, who I love very much, but are not very much fun to eat out with. So. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Mm-hmm. It is a good morning. I'm glad that you are having fulfilling mornings now, and I hope that you will be able to have a nice morning and a nice bowl of Quaker Life cereal whenever you can. Mm. Quaker Life way. cereal. Whoa. Very specific, what? but I appreciate that. Very specific. <laughs> you have to eat it really fast or it gets soggy. It's like a really sit down oh. and eat it quickly. But I think uh, I know what you're Austin, talking about. Yeah, it's delicious. In Austin, Texas, I will go on a run every morning. Everybody will think it's me being health conscious. Um, it's not that. It's just I don't get to do it any other time. So that's really nice. Oh, my yoga studio that I go to here in Gainesville actually has a location in Austin, so you will catch me at hot yoga almost every day. I will try to drag Agassi to one, and I don't know that that will work. I actually have a question for you. Oh, yes. Sorry, Miles. Go ahead. Um, Agassi, I want a number. This is a public forum. I expect a number. How many reusable Starbucks cups do you have? Tell me the truth. (laughs) This feels pointed. Very, very pointed. Uh, okay, so I haven't done an inventory, but it's definitely somewhere between. It's definitely somewhere between like seven to ten cups. That's so many. Listen, y'all. I'm just out here trying to reduce my plastic use, and I drink a lot of coffee. So we are out here trying to save the planet. But until we rein in those corporations and their plastic consumption, we will not win. So. But I'm going to still do my little part, and I have multiple cups. And I will say, I do get a lot of comfort from holding them while I'm talking to people. <laughs> it's just some nice little accessories, like a little prop. I kind of hold it when I'm like, okay, like I just need to hold something. And the cups are there for me. I currently have one right now. It is a matte pink uh, sparkly Starbucks cup with a blue straw, and it is one of my new time favorites. But I have quite a number. I appreciate you holding corporations accountable. We should also do our part and also recognize that they contribute a lot more than we do. Exactly. Here we are. We love it. It's a hot take. But thanks for the question, Mom. (laughs) Public forum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, y'all, we're going to go ahead and transition. We're going to go ahead and transition into our game. Oh, name that. Name that Scott. Erica, that's literally the whole reason why we have this video link up, and you just stared at me for a solid 20 seconds. You know, we're, I'm so, comfortable with our listeners now. Our listeners are our friends. They're our colleagues. They know how I do. They know how you do, yes. So as everyone knows, as we kind of talked about last time, this will be the game where I will ask Erica and Miles to name and correctly identify mascots, or I will name an institution and they must name the mascots, and or I will say the actual name of a mascot, and they have to link it back to an institution. All these institutions are within the Saxa region because, you know, shout out to Saxa. There it is. So we're going to go ahead and start. So the first mascot that I want you all to identify is Coastal Carolina University. Miles, do you know? I do. But I'd like you to try to guess. I think that would be more fun. No, I'm not sure. I'm going to say Coastal Carolina 
Uh, panthers. Ooh, do you know what kind of animal it is? A, a cat family. Oh, okay. Oh, no, we're getting further. We're getting further away. No. Is it Miles, what, who's the mascot? It's the Chanticleers. It's some sort of parrot-ish thing. Oh. <clears throat> it is, yes. It is the Chanticleers, um, and it is apparently some kind of bird from uh, the Canterbury Tales, as I've heard correctly. Hmm. I love but that. Yeah, it is. It is a bluebird. Go Coastal Carolina. You deserve better than me. I like how you went with the institution, not the mascot. Go Coastal Carolina. <laughs> I, I Chanticleer. Am I saying it correctly? I'm always I think Chantra, so. but but Miles just said Chanta. So you know what? I'll ask my uh, potential new graduate assistant. If you are from hey, Coastal y'all. Carolina and you would like to send us a recording of you saying it or some sort of phonetic <laughs> breakdown, I would love you forever. Absolutely. Okay, y'all. Next one. The Hurricanes. Oh, oh, University of Miami. Blah, blah. Epa! And what's, for extra points, Erica, what's the name of the mascot? Hurry the Cane. <laughs> Is that not correct? Is his name I Ibis? <laughs> no, it's Sebastian, y'all. Sebastian. <laughs> I love that. Sebastian and Ibis. Yes. Yeah. Fun fact, they were, named, they were named the Hurricanes after a devastating hurricane hit Miami uh, in the 50s. It was right I, before the school was set to open. I did not know that. Agassi and I are both from Miami, so my dad is the biggest Hurricane fan. He's sad that I am a Gator. He's, he'll be fine with it. Now I can tell him that I know the name because he's always been disappointed in me for this. Miles, did you know that one? <clears throat> I did. I did. Okay. Thanks for letting me answer. Appreciate it. Not much of a competition. It's very friendly here. Yeah, I know. My husband's like, yeah, I know all of these. Got to throw them a a hard one. Well, you know, honestly, so maybe this one is going to stump y'all just a little bit more. But here's the last one, the last mascot, the Argonauts. Ooh. I want to guess Embry-Riddle. No. No. Is it is it a school in Florida? It is a school in Florida. Miles, do you know it? Uh, Ooh, Miles. No, I don't. I don't. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm gonna oh. guess. I'm gonna guess. Can I guess again or no? Is it the Go University of West Florida? Hey, ding ding Woo. ding ding! The West Yay. Florida Argonauts. Yes. Embry Riddle. Does anybody? Flight. I thought that would be a good one. Well, so just so y'all know, the name of the mascot is Argie the Argonaut. I love that. See, hurry the cane. It just meant. Nope. Okay. The logic is there, but it's that's not the case. <laughs> okay. Well, well, thanks for playing, y'all. So I won, right? Yes, clearly you <laughs> you clearly won. Miles is a yeah. real winner, but. Isn't learning the, the, the prize here? All right, it? okay. It is, <laughs> yes. So let's talk about thanks, right? Uh, so when we said, we made a joke earlier that Miles loves this. But Miles, I don't, I don't think that that's completely showing your passion for thank yous and thank you notes. I don't think so either. I don't think, we need a stronger word than love. 
That's what I think. Oof. What is what is a stronger word than love? What is a stronger word for love? What is um, love? Baby, don't hurt me. All right. <laughs> Yeah, so Miles, describe your love for this because when we talked about this topic, it you you were on the show. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, I just think that there's I think that there's so much. Uh, well, I, okay, so there's a lot of ways to tell people thank you, right? And um, there's a lot of ways that uh, folks can remember it. You know, you could uh, make you could um, do some sort of you know public praise. Um, you could do private praise. Uh, there's all sorts of things. You can write a song for someone. You can do all sorts of things that folks may be able to connect back to. But I think the Thank You Note has this unique ability to um, allow you to fully process what you want to say to someone, lay it out exactly how you want to say it, and then if it is meaningful to them as well, then it can be kept for like posterity's sake. You know, you can come back to it over and over and over again. Um, that's why I like, uh, you know, it's not the same thing exactly, of course, but like I think about performance reviews as being similar. It's this physical document. You know, you can provide, you know, praise and feedback all the time, but that, that document is something that you can refer back to over and over and over again. Um, and so I just think that there's so much, um, like, power in being able to, like, fully express your gratitude and for that person to be able to return to it. Um, so, yeah. And even as you say that, I'm looking at three thank you notes on my desk right now from former students and colleagues that I look at regularly. So you're definitely right that it is this kind of reminder of of what we do and why we do it in some ways. And these are, you know, mostly people who have like left and said, thank you so much for all you've done, but I think the sentiment stands when you are finishing an interview or what have you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I do have a question about this. Well, we've got lots of questions. So you talk about how important it is to express gratitude, but why? What do you think is kind of the piece that that makes it that this is something that not only is it feels good, right, that it's nice to read these thank you notes, but also that kind of solidifies why you should be doing this after interviews, after, you know, presentations and all of the other things? Oh, gosh. Well, I sort of have a different answer for, like, why you would do this generally versus why you would do it for interviews. Um, uh, generally, I think that, you know, we have this, I have this like really fundamental belief that people don't understand and um, don't understand in real terms like how other people feel about them. Like I think that there's a lot of warmth that people feel towards one another. There's a lot of meaning that people find in other people. I think we've like touched and influenced people in, in ways that we don't know about or that we don't remember and that we can't um, and that, you know, maybe we are never even conscious of. And so I think a thank you note, at least for me, um, it's a way of, like, really being able to, really being able to sit down and, and put the, the care and the gratitude that I have for someone into, like, a concrete form. Um, so I think that that's why I would do it generally. Um, as far as after an interview, I mean, I just think that there's, like, of course you were, like, grateful you're grateful for the opportunity, and that is like gratitude related. But as we're thinking about after grad school interviews, and we're thinking about interviews generally, you know, like basically the thank you note is this channel that's been established that is totally, you know, like within etiquette that allows you to not state your case exactly, but to sort of show who you are in a way that's completely different, um, and that. 
uh, it's a way to express your continued interest. You know, the people hiring managers definitely read into like, you know, we just did our graduate hiring process here, and hiring managers definitely read into did we get a thank you note. It's a way of expressing your continued interest, but it's also a way of expressing your candidacy again in a way that can be like really eloquent and stated in completely different terms than uh, what you provided before. That's so true. I love all of that. And I really had never thought about it. And, and the piece of like getting to really put, put it all on paper and like be able to pull together your thoughts in an eloquent way. What do you think about um, logistics? Like when, when do you think, you know, and, and Agassi might have a different opinion, I might have a different opinion, but when should you send like a message or gratitude after an interview, let's say? So I think it, it really depends. Uh, I think when we think about interview weekends at institutions for graduate programs, sometimes those schedules can be so condensed um, that I think sim the like logistically trying to write notes um, in between interviews or over the, the course of the, the interview, like, visit days or whatever the, the structured program looks like, I think it can structurally be difficult for students if that's not a, a built-in process um, already, if that's not already built into the actual like interview process itself. Um, but I think when we think of when it should be written, we are talking about like directly after an interview, so as quick as possible. Because we, I, you know, in, in these interview weekends, and I'll speak I think primarily to Clemson University, those decisions as to who is going to be, I think, preference and who it is that we're potentially going to offer to, those decisions are made rather quickly. So the faster that we know, like, okay, these folks submitted thank you notes, these folks did not. Okay, so maybe the folks who submitted the thank you notes are a bit more interested or had a stronger connection to our interviewers, and, like, those are the folks that we're maybe going to go with a little more because there is quite a bit of strategy and there is quite a bit of thought that has to go into how we select candidates. Um, and again, strictly speaking from Clemson University's process, where, you know, we're trying to match up our preferences to their preferences, and hopefully that we match up to where we can get an offer to your candidate, uh, candidate that we really enjoyed. Um, but directly after, I would say, just again, making sure because, and even in the context of like job interviewing, like outside of the con context of like an assistantship interview, again, those decisions could be made rapidly. I'm a believer um, when it does come to that time crunch that an email would suffice. Um, because, again, I do think that there's potentially some complication in, in knowing, like, okay, well, one, do you have the time during the actual interview process to do it? And two, how do you ensure that those notes are given to or received by the people you interviewed uh, with? Um, and that can be kind of logistically challenging. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I, agree about, I agree about the email. I think that uh, there's also uh, an expedient expediency factor. So, um, you know, you know that email is going to get to them immediately and it will get considered. There's obviously, particularly with on-campus, um, like if you come for an on-campus, you need to mail it later. You could miss a window. So I don't think, like in, this, in these terms, I'm, I'm a big fan of the handwritten note, but like in these terms, I don't think it's as uh, essential. I also think that it's really critical. If your handwriting is not legible, then email, there's like a real advantage to emailing. Um, if you, yeah. you know, if you spend a lot of time on a note and somebody can't, and you know that people have struggled to be able to read your handwriting before, then it's something that you've got to, you've got to really think about. Um, you've got to really think about. And I think, um, you know, I always think of them, especially from an accessibility standpoint, that um, I'm always okay with an email. Um, should someone need to be, need to do that rather than write a thank you note? Um, but I do, I love seeing them and. and when you get it in an email, when you get it written, 
for me, getting it also immediately after, one, I think it's helpful for me because you're going to be fresher in my head as a candidate because your name comes up again. And two, I also think that it's strategic for you to send sooner because you can like reference something from the interview and say, I love getting to talk about X, Y, or Z. Rather than, you know, I think I have a good memory, and then I go to write a thank you note a couple days later, and if I'm remembering <laughs> your name, I feel lucky because it just time has gone by. And, and so I think that timing is, is really huge. But when I interviewed at a couple of places, I was walking to my car sending a thank you note because I didn't have the time to write yep. one, but I wanted it to get there rather than having to mail it. Um, so, you know, it doesn't take that long when you think of it that way. Yes. So – I, we're kind of already talking about this, but you know, what are some of the advantages to writing thank you notes, um, or I'm sorry, to providing gratitude in actual writing? I'll just say for me, I am a written processor, and I love writing. I try to mail people mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not doing a good job of it, but for me, the, <laughs> I don't get nearly as creative or as where I want to be with my words when I'm typing versus when I'm writing. Again, I don't look that deeply into it when someone is sending it to me either way, but for me personally, I just feel like I connect really well when I can write something. Um, And, you know, I've had people tell me, this is going to sound self-serving, that they're like, wow, I didn't know you felt so strongly about me, or I didn't know that you cared about this so much until I write it, because I just am much better with with writing things than anything else. Um, And then again, you know, I, you know, Miles mentioned this, getting to keep something, whether that is an email or that is writing, is, is a really cool, almost memento. Um, I have input in my top five for strengths class, and that means I like to collect things. And so I love to collect thank you notes that people have sent me, which sounds like I'm collecting compliments, but we can take that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think it feels like a gift, you know, and I think it is. Um, and so I think particularly when it's, I think particularly when it's in writing, when it's, when it's handwritten, I think, you know, I, I think it just feels like it's something that somebody is really, and that's how I like feel about thank you notes. Is that I feel like I'm really um, like giving something of myself, um, and I think that um, I think that that's what I think you know really can. Um, I think it really can feel that way. I mean, I think Agassi knows this about me, but like I would, I don't please like you know, this is not like a call to, you know, uh, my various suitors, but like generally speaking, I don't want like gifts, but I think, you know, it's like something that I would like always, always, always appreciate. Taking mental note of that. Um, This is going to be the flip side. So I'm just curious, what do we think are maybe problems with thank you notes or almost I'd like to know what people see that can be challenging about them or makes you think, gosh, this didn't really hit, hit the mark maybe. So I I think some of the challenges that come from thank you notes, and again, strictly speaking from, um, well, speaking in the context of like assistantship interviews for graduate students, I think sometimes people put a lot of, um, uh, and rightly so in some cases, a lot of stock into thank you notes. Um, And I will say that it can be confusing when you have candidates who are writing thank you notes for you, and you're like, okay, so you use the word amazing in your letter. So are you like really interested in this role or like did you put amazing in everybody else's letters? And I think it can get a little, but I think part of the challenge is that you could be like, okay, you're trying to read into things because you really like a candidate and you're like, okay, they use the word amazing in my letter. So they must be really interested in my role. So maybe I can offer my position to them. And I think that's, and again, that, that comes with communication about what thank you notes should look like um, during these processes. 
Um, but I definitely think that there are some challenges where, you know, again, there are um, logistically some difficulties at times in submitting thank you notes, whether it's the time or whether it's access to the thank you notes itself. Um, it can be hard to actually get your hands on thank you notes and being able to send them in a timely manner. So I think what the challenge there is is that when people don't receive those thank you notes, it's like, oh, well, this person just kind of sucked. Like they didn't even write a thank you note. And then they're kind of written off in a way. And then it's like you discover like a week or two later that they sent you a handwritten thank you note and it just got lost in the campus mail. And now you've already kind of made decisions on candidates. And now you kind of had this letter that came in like two weeks after the fact. So I think there needs to be a balance in how we communicate about thank you notes. And like this is what a thank you note looks like in reference to you are wanting and very interested in this role. And this is what a thank you note kind of looks like that says, hey, thank you for the opportunity, but like I realize in this process that I'm not down for this. Um, because again, like as, a, as an employer looking at a, at a lot of candidates and who receives thank you notes, I'm like, okay, they underlined amazing. Is that good or bad? <laughs> and obviously that's good. But then you kind of become, I start feeling almost like a middle schooler, like talking to a crush. And I'm like, okay, so they, they said hi to me weird this morning. So do they like me or not? And it's just, it can, it, I think the, 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 the reading between the lines can get a little hard at times. Um, and I think that's probably one of the, the biggest challenges yeah. with the thank you notes themselves. That like subtext, that can be hard. One thing that I learned uh, when I was interviewing at Bowling Green actually that I thought was really helpful was kind of ways to, to be pretty, pretty direct without saying nah fam. Um, but, you know, if you were interested, it would be like, thank you so much. You know, I hope to connect with you further in the process to say, yeah, I'm really interested. Like I hope that this can work out or I'm still interested versus thanks so much, best of luck in your search, which when I read something mm -hmm. like that kind of communicates to me, okay, like I, I hope that you find what you're looking for and I don't think that it's me. So I always, I always kind of think that those are really good ways because, you know, what are problems that I find with thank you notes is, is that subtext, and I can't say that enough. I just kind of took all the words out of my mouth, but I don't like to read something and go, I don't, I don't know what you mean. Or when people, I have had people, I want to be very, like, honest, I, I would appreciate your sincerity rather than anything. So I've had some interviews that just did not hit it didn't feel right. We're wanting two different things, and people being like, "Thank you so much. Gosh, what a joy it was to interview with you." And they could have had a good time. I'm not. I'm not dismissing that, but it's okay to to not have a good interview. Um, don't don't lie or don't you know try to write a thank you note that's going to feel like, "Whoa, were we in two different places?" You can still show your thanks in an authentic way, even if it didn't go 100. percent mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I mean, I, I think. Uh, I think y'all are getting it. Uh, I think y'all are getting it some good stuff, and I think that um, you know. And I think we all have to make a decision as hiring managers about how heavily we weigh, how heavily we weigh stuff like that. You know, like how much does it, you know, how much does it um, factor in? I think it is to, a point that Agassi made. I think it can really be detrimental to hold a lack of thank you note against someone, particularly given that. You know, thank you notes are a kind of etiquette, a kind of professionalism, which tends to be, which tends to be code for like white culture, right? Absolutely. And so, and so um, we have to be conscious that not everybody has the same information, so you really can't hold it against somebody. What I am saying to everybody broadly, from an interviewing standpoint, is that it is something that, unless it's explicitly stated, is another avenue that everybody has to make uh, for yeah. their candidacy. And so I want everybody who's listening to this to, 
to understand that. And I don't think you should write it as, you know, like, I'm good for this job and here's the reason why. I think it's got to be more subtext than that. And I think you have to talk about your gratitude, about the opportunity, about your interest in the position, about your appreciation for everybody that you met. All of those things are things that th this channel is out there, and so I want everybody who's listening to this to take full advantage of that. If you really want a job, write them a good note. You know, I've had – I literally was um, applying for an internal promotion, and my the hiring manager at the time is not a very sentimental person. And afterwards, he literally was like – you know, I've gotten thank you notes before. That was a thank you note. And I, it, it made a difference in that process. And I think it, it has that possibility for folks. And so I want everybody who's listening to understand that that is out there. I also want everybody who's hiring and listening to understand that not everybody has the same information, so you can't hold it against somebody. I mean, yes, retweet, repost, all of that. I would never hold it against someone if I did not get a thank you from them because I've had someone right. who has gone come up to me after like visitation days and said, thank you so much for even spending time with me, all this. And I'm like, you know what, you, you took the time and I know that you're thankful and maybe you didn't have the time to write that thank you note. Um, again, it is nice to keep that. Um, but the other thing I want to say kind of related to what you're talking about, Miles, and then I promise I'll stop talking, is I don't care what your thank you note looks like in the sense that you could spend all this money and get it embossed and you can get your initials on it. Sure. I don't want you to feel like for me, I couldn't, I wasn't going to be able to do that. I had to pick up the ones I could at like the dollar store before interviews, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, please, please, please don't feel like, oh, well, this person has these really fancy ones from their institution. Paper is paper, right? So again, you know, mm -hmm. we talked about handwriting and all of that, but don't, please don't feel like you have to go spend all this money on, you know, gold foil lined, whatever, X, Y, Z. Clearly, I don't do a lot of thank you notes because I don't know what I'm talking about, but. There's some real, there's some real pretty cheap ones on Amazon. I know from very personal experience. Um, so, yes, to Erica's point, please don't try to, please don't try to go and spend all this money trying to, I think, compete with others uh, regarding thank you notes because at the end of the day, it's what's inside that counts. It's what you write. It's how you relate it. Um, to what Miles just said, there is space for you all to provide gratitude in the thank you note process and also kind of like your last sales pitch. Like here are the kind of the reasons why, like I do think that I would make, I would be good in this position and here are all the things that I would be excited to engage with or learn from or, or do in this role. Because again, it is kind of like your final moment of being like, I, you know, after this process, these are all the things I've thought about and I want you to know here's where I'm at. Um, because, again, when you're hiring, when you're interviewing, it is a two-way process. You have to keep in mind that the folks who are interviewing you are looking for the best candidate, and you are also trying to be the best candidate and look for a good place that you can succeed in. So it is a two-way street, and any, any kind of, uh, I guess, like, deception or fakeness that can come across in, like, a thank you note or all that, like, it's only going to hurt both ends of this uh, cycle. I also want to quickly note that – for those of you who have not received the Miles Surrett uh, branded uh, thank you note, it is quite a thank you note that Mr. Miles Surrett produces. When I was hired, Miles actually sent us a note to my home after I accepted this position, and I cried because that was the nicest thing that anyone has ever <laughs> written about me. And mind you, I only knew Miles for a little while. Uh, so I just want to give a quick shout out because I thank you notes have never been something that I have inherently – um, has not inherently been a part of my professional process. And ever since I think starting to work with Miles, it has definitely become a bit more commonplace in my practice. Um, for all the reasons we've talked about here and just 
you know, just being able to sit down and think through, you know, outside of telling someone, hey, you did a good job, like, here's why I think you did a good job, and here are all the things I think you're learning while you're doing this. Um, so those, again, that first thank you note for Miles set the bar high, and he's continued surpassing that bar every time he writes me a note, I have to say. That's actually really funny because I remember Agassi calling me when he got the offer and being like, look what this thank you note is from my future supervisor. <laughs> and both of us being like, what planet is he from? Like, this is fantastic. I think I might have cried too. Um, so thank you to Miles for being with us today. Obviously, thank you to Agassi just for being um, a human and being on this podcast. But I think it's, you know, Miles, your insight and your passion for this is certainly appreciated. I mean, as we mentioned last episode, Miles is actually the producer for this podcast, so he's doing two jobs right now. So we are very thankful and grateful for your time with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, we we will be sending you a note for sure. We we just talked about this, Erica. I I know. We're not there yet, though. He's still on. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I, Miles, do, I do agree with Agassi and Erica, though. The paper does not matter. It doesn't matter. Mm-mm. Miles, do you want to plug your um, your social media and your your email or anything that you've got going on? Yeah, you can connect. My my email address is Surratt. My last name is spelled S-U-R-R-E-T-T at Clinton.edu. There's no real reason to look at my Twitter or follow me or tweet at me. I probably would. I probably won't see it. That's the joke that Agassi was making earlier. He he jokes with me that I like like I log on like once a week and like like seven of his tweets at one time. <laughs> You're that person, okay? Yeah, that's good. I always know when Miles logged on because all of a sudden I just get a string of notifications from like tweets I made a week ago. You're just very they're all, they're all very good. <laughs> he is quite funny. That is very fair. good content. Very good content. Uh, so we, of course, want to plug uh, our good old SACSA in our conversation. So if you are looking for more information about SACSA, that is the Southern Association for College Student Affairs, on various social media outlets, you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash SACSA fan page, on Twitter at SACSA tweets, or on Instagram at SACSAgrams. We love a good brand. You can also connect with us on Twitter. Erica, you want to share yours? Yeah, I am at Erica with a C, M underscore Aguiar, and Aguiar is my last name, and it's spelled A-G-U-I-A-R. Sorry, it's not as friendly as Agassiz. Um, And recently, I've just been tweeting a lot about my students and my work. I've just been feeling very grateful, which is such a good episode, so sorry for the wholesome higher ed content, but you're going to be kind of bombarded with it for a while. What are you at, Agassiz? What's your your handle? Uh, You can find me at Agassi, that is A-G-A-S-S-Y underscore R on Twitter um, for some wholesome content, but mostly related to my dog and my cat, um, and sometimes my partner. He's in the mix, too. Um, but, yeah, give us a follow. Miles, I think you should plug your Twitter. I think you can get a, you, quite a flood of followers. It might encourage you to be more on Twitter. Listen, if you're interested, it's at Miles, like my first name, which is M-Y-L-E-S underscore Surratt, like my last name. And I will, Agassiz is correct, I am a watermelon, watermelon milkshake evangelist. And uh, come July and August, we're getting T-shirts this year. So <gasps> if anybody wants one, just send me a message. Oh, my gosh, and we'll, yes. And we'll include you in the order. Like other podcasts. Like and share this podcast. Like and, sh- like and share this podcast, and you could be entered in a drawing to win a brand-new watermelon evangelist T-shirt. <laughs> Sponsored by Cookout and Sacks the Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we have that approval, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> there it is. Well, 
Thanks, everyone. We're so excited for this next episode. Um, and the shameless plug, we will all be at NASPA in Austin, so hopefully we can connect. Um, we've got some stuff planned for that, but I cannot wait to go to all the food. I mean, in the sessions, too. All the food. But the food. All right, thanks for being yeah, with us, y'all. Thanks, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.